0: Hello and welcome to A Couple of Goons. I am Walt Hickey. Joining me as always is hockey expert Neil Payne. Uh, It is my first second round of playoffs. How's it going, Neil?
1: (laughs) Hey, Walt. Yeah, congratulations. You are now... uh one round into your career as a hockey guy one complete round
0: the thing that i noticed about this round is is that it's just actually really easy to get through the first round as a new hockey fan i just know that like i kind of breezed through it um it was very easy to get to round two um this wasn't true about one team i think but we can get into that a little bit but
1: (laughs) well it wasn't it wasn't true for four teams it is true for four teams that's true (laughs)
0: or no uh uh, eight, teams. eight teams, yeah. I'm sorry, eight teams. true massacre, but one of, uh, but, of particular note.
1: <laughs> right, one one found it perhaps especially hard, and has found it perhaps especially hard for seventeen years.
0: Well, we're gonna have to get into them in a little bit, but um, yeah. So it's a uh, it's good. I've like really enjoyed these being on all the time. Uh, I've been able to watch more hockey in bars, which is great um because New York is gradually reopening which is very nice and just uh, watching
1: any hockey in bars right i mean that's sort of like also great. new for you
0: it's very new for me yeah exactly it's uh it's been like uh kind of a shock to the system in a, in 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 a, in a very good way but uh yeah so i would say it's been great but again like man these have been a couple of really really good games it's been a lot of fun um H- hockey is a good bar sport i feel like ten top tier bar I yeah. I I'm, I'm struggling to think of a better bar sport which is actually one reason that I was very excited to get into it because like I had had to feign interest in a uh, in a lot of baseball and bars during the during the NFL offseason um the NFL being on in a bar is very like nice but it's like it actually makes the bar secondary to the experience I think cuz you're there to watch the NFL game right um and also i
1: feel like there are always uh fans from various different teams that want different tvs put on different games and it just feels like there's a lot of like uh instant hostility between patrons at the bar based on fan affiliations, uh, whether they're rivals or whether they just want to watch their team and you're watching your team and someone needs to come to an understanding about the television situation Uh, uh, on Sundays because of the way that the NFL is, that isn't necessarily the case when it comes to like certainly regular season hockey, You'll just go in to you know like a New York bar on a Friday night, and it's like, yeah, the Rangers game is on. What did I expect? I'm not expecting to see you know a Philly game unless the Rangers are beating them eight nothing or whatever that was. (laughs) Uh, So I'll just settle in and watch. You know, it is what it is. It's nice to have on in the background, but it's also there's enough scoring that it can be fun, uh, and and it's kind of low stakes. And then in the playoffs, there aren't games necessarily competing for the same space uh especially after the first round like you'll get some overlap you'll get some games at the same time in the first round um but yeah after that it's sort of like they all have the stage to themselves for the most part
0: yeah and like it was great because i was eight like i went to the bar and i was watching the hockey game and then another person was watching the hockey game and we found out that we were also both hockey guys and so you make friends (laughs) which doesn't happen when you're watching nfl games because it's like Oh, I'm watching the NFL. Oh, me too, because I'm a taxpaying American, and that's right. just what happens here. <laughs> like- right?
1: Yeah, it is like you know one of the fundamental core tenets, I believe, when you um, take like a citizenship test exactly. or something, yeah. you have to name who the start at least five starting quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: Five starting quarterbacks. If one of them is not a Manning, then they're actually gonna kind of you, you get knocked down a few picks. It's not great. Or uh, if it's
1: not Tom Brady, and that's actually been on the citizenship test since two thousand one, which is <laughs> actually pretty upsetting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, they, <laughs> um, it's 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 wonderful, and they'll know if you mention a few CFL quarterbacks who were also American quarterbacks. Like they'll they'll clock you. Yeah, if you 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 mention
1: CFL (laughs) quarterbacks, they'll actually suspect that you're a hockey guy, and that deducts (laughs) points.
0: Deducts points from your citizenship score. And and, And what I hear
1: recently are you are you now or have you ever been a hockey guy?
0: (laughs) I hear, yeah, I hear now when they ask you for any information about the uh, national anthem, if you just kind of hum some bars of "Waiting All Day for Sunday Night," then then they're cool with that. They count that. That 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 counts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Faith Hill uh, is, uh, <laughs> ha, you know, um, uh, Francis Scott key has nothing on faith Hill.
0: Absolutely nothing whatsoever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I made, uh, you know, hockey guy friends in a bar. That was great. And then just watching the playoffs has been really, really fun. So, nice. um, I'm, I'm really up on it now in a way that like, you know, I had enjoyed getting into it over the course of, of pandemic is kind of a, a profession uh, of just like, ah, oh, yes, I'm going to, to watch this one team and then whatever may happen to them. But now this is just like. Locked in, good times, great vibes. Really, uh, could not have come at a better time.
1: And this is why you really become a hockey guy is you prepare all year for yeah. this time. This is your, you know, the the they call the playoffs the second season, and I think that's true for fans as well and for for hockey guys and girls, uh, where it's sort of like you had yes the regular season those games count they count you know if if you're lucky enough to to play in those games. They can never take that away from you. You'll be in hockey reference forever. But (laughs) to be to be clear, the more important season is the second season that starts the the moment that you abstain from using a razor (laughs) and all of the other great hockey traditions for the playoffs that we talked about a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, it's great. And like, listen, I'll tell you what, the beards are getting substantial. Like it's only
1: round two.
0: I know, but like some of them are very quite big. It, it's it's really getting remarkable.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, Joe Thornton, not in the playoffs anymore. And again, mm-hmm. because of team that we shall talk about later and then probably never again until the offseason. By oh, the yes. way, Montreal, and this, again, kind of clocks when we're recording this. It's yeah. uh, 15 minutes left in the first period. Montreal up 1-0. On the One Winnipeg nothing. Jets.
0: Just watch a little bit of a fight, a little scuffle. It's, it's, yeah. it's a pretty good game. Yeah. My Jets, who I've supported the entire time, from the yes. very beginning of the season. You have always been a Jets anytime. fan.
1: As far as I've known you. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, listen, I need you. I really must insist on this. I have always been a Winnipeg Jets fan. There, please yeah, don't not say New York Walter Hickey Jets fan, because that, that, that fucks with the <laughs> brand in a way that I really can't accommodate. <laughs> on,
1: on this podcast, <laughs> I think... And probably, like, just for all sports fans, is the way it should be. When we say Jets, we mean Winnipeg. Yeah, wait. I know that there is a team that plays in the New Jersey swampland yeah. that is also called the Jets. But first and foremost, <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets are the true Jets.
0: Yeah, I'm now imagining a guy in like the Meadowlands train station in the Secaucus Junction being like, "Yeah, I'm going to the Jets game." By which I mean, I am taking this train to Newark Airport, and then I am flying out to Winnipeg, <laughs> where, I'm to Winnipeg. To game, where I'm going to where I'm going to join enjoy a game of the Winnipeg Jets against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs>
1: uh, surely that has happened. Like out of Must all. <laughs> All the times that there there have been chances for that to happen, surely yeah. once, but only once.
0: O- once and it only happened. like in that weird little like Christmas, like week before Christmas set of week seventeen games, where there's a bunch of Jets fans in the middle in the in Secaucus waiting to get to the station. One guy is about to fly out to Canada.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Guy Lemieux <laughs> is reading his his uh, you know, uh,
0: <laughs> I guess he would
1: not be from Winnipeg. He would be from Quebec. Yes, but that, maybe that he is. A little- a- Maybe he is a Winnipeg fan, though. You know, maybe his family are all Canadians fans. And uh, he's decided to kind of go against that and is like, damn it, I'll be a Jets fan. And that's also what some of the people on that platform whose families are giant fans also said. And to their (laughs) great detriment.
0: Yeah. Listen, great team, great organization going a lot of different places. Are they good places? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so I am a Winnipeg Jets fan. They are on right now. They are losing, uh, I oh must my correct God, you, 2-0. I looked away. Yeah.
1: I made a joke about Guillaume You did, And then yeah. all of a sudden, the Habs took a 2 nothing lead, which is what they I taken get for making five that shots. joke.
0: They, Montreal has taken five shots, and two of them happened to go inside of a goal, which is, I think, a remarkably uh, disconcerting number for a person in my position. I think they'll continue
1: to score at that forty percent rate for the rest of the game.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> Just be a record. I feel like be, after oh, a whole yeah. game. <laughs> um so actually we have we had some we have some front matter to get through, uh one of which is team of the week. Uh a lot of events happened in the past week. Um, is it safe to say that we might be watching the team of the week or did you have another team of the week in mind?
1: You read my mind. We are watching the team of the week right now and uh, it's not the team from Winnipeg. I got to give credit to the Montreal Canadiens uh, because, you know, I feel like, yes, (laughs) uh, there has been a lot of blame parsed out to the team that uh, lost to the Montreal Canadiens, which we will contribute to. uh, Yes. Over, over the past um, uh, week, really not even a week, uh, a week ago, you know, the, the Canadians looked like they were in bad shape, but they turned it around. They pulled out three straight clutch wins over team that we shall talk about later. And yes. uh, this was a team that, again, we, we cannot stress enough how their regular season statistics were middling if not extremely mediocre un- underwhelming one might even say and uh yet they have won a postseason series which we should say is not the first time that's happened Le- just last year they knocked off the penguins in the qualifying round uh despite having probably equally mediocre uh regular season stats this is just sort of a thing for them now but Kerry price Played great. I think I had written off Carey Price as being not perhaps not even the best goalie on his team uh, <laughs> during the regular season. Damn. <laughs> yeah, and yet he proved me wrong and uh, everyone else wrong. Played great uh, in the first round of the playoffs against team that shall be named later. Uh, which does and- get to a
0: point that you've made repeatedly over the course of this, which is that the playoffs are oftentimes a, a contest to see whose goalie is the hottest for the longest time.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, it is a uh, temperature check of goalies, first and foremost. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Carey Price is a former um, Vezina winner. Uh, and at one time, could have carried I mean, he's not just a former Vezina winner, I buried the lead. He's a former friggin heart trophy winner. Uh, he was the MVP in 2015 as a goalie, which does not often happen. Um, so Uh, he has been regarded as the best goalie on the planet and the best player on the planet. Uh, so maybe I shouldn't have been that surprised. It was only, you know, six years ago, uh, but a lot can happen in six years. Um, but at the same time, yeah, he, he played great in the first round and, you know, they just got big goals from a lot of different sources. And I'm excited to see, like, again, they're up to nothing in this game one uh, at Winnipeg. So, you know, they're going to get a boost to their odds. I will say,
0: the uh, home field advantage doesn't seem to be as particularly robust in this division as it might be elsewhere.
1: Well, just based on the cardboard cutouts or whatever those are in the stands that they have (laughs) in lieu of fans. Yes. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say even in normal uh, hockey Where you have fans, I did some research that showed that home ice advantage is really not worth that much. Like in theory, you do get a little bit of a boost, but compared with a regular season, it's not even like that much of a change. And that's after adjusting for the quality of the teams involved. Whereas in all of the other sports, but especially basketball and football, you actually get a, first of all, Larger home advantage during the regular season, but then you get a larger boost to the home advantage during the playoffs relative to the regular season. So, being a home NBA team in the playoffs is great. You automatically start out, if you're evenly matched, with like a almost a 70% chance of winning or something like that. It's like yeah, no, I know this the there was a thing
0: in the ringer like yesterday about yeah. this, I want to say. Uh, yeah, I think it's sixty-five. Wrote about that, yeah. Um, but it's also his. The crux of history is that it has evaporated after the bubble, and is not the case this year. They're sixteen and sixteen or something,
1: right? Yeah, which is abnormal, and you know maybe it'll regress back to um, historical norms. Um, but if they don't, then NBA teams will know what hockey players and hockey teams have felt like the whole time, because <laughs> really the throughout history, uh, when I looked back at it they don't really get that boost in the playoffs for playing at home. And I don't know why that is. I mean, there have been a lot of speculation about what drives home advantage. Is it travel distance? Is it familiarity of just sort of sleeping in your own bed? Is it the (laughs) officials under emotional, subtle emotional duress from uh, an angry fan base uh, making calls that are in your favor, in the home team's favor I don't know. It's probably a combination of all of those things. Um, but yeah, in hockey, in the playoffs, you know, uh, we've talked often about how officiating, how much it matters, how how much it can kind of swing things. But maybe they don't give the home teams the, the calls that the fans want as much as uh, other sports have umpires and referees do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always been drawn to that last definition. There was a book a million years ago called Scorecasting that I read. I yes. like that. I like that, that book a lot. That was like I read that when I was uh, getting my math degree, and I think I wrote like a paper on it because it was cool and rad about statistics at the time. And like I remember that being like, "Oh, this is very persuasive. They've done yeah. sufficient linear regressions that I buy this." <laughs>
1: and at the time, it it was also like think back to the world that we were in when that was written, um, and I think it was only like. 10 years ago or something like that. It, w- it must've
0: been 10 years ago. Cause I think it was fresh yeah. when I was in school.
1: Yeah. That they said, well, we don't have a lot of examples from North American sports of <laughs> games being played without fans. So we'll have to look to European soccer, where numerous instances of hooliganism have caused <laughs> uh, fans to be banned from attending these games, which creates a great natural experiment. And it's like, well, give it 10 years, you'll see some uh, some <laughs> North American games without fans in the stands, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Whoops.
0: All the yeah, like every social scientist and economist has just been freaking out over the past year because not because again like pandemic, but like ah, perfect scientific experiments. Right, but, yeah. these
1: natural experiments are great. <laughs> also, uh, COVID is horrible.
0: Yes, we're but all, think we're of all the natural di- experiments. <laughs> we're all rather down on it. Don't get me wrong. However, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, Montreal team of the week they did it real good. They they team came back from like I again. I think that when we spoke last week. It was, again, like Toronto had an edge. Uh, they had uh, a lot. Did they ever. <laughs> Did they have, they, they had to kind of lose three in a row, which gave them rather bad odds. Um, and I think that at one point it was like, you know, there's only an 8% shot that we would expect that this team would recover. And, you know, you don't really see a lot of hardcore statistical evidence in favor of the existence of curses. But I will tell you what, we got some. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we got uh, s- something happening with the um, with the Leafs. Do you want to get into the Leafs right now, or do you want to uh, uh, do our do our jersey number? Let's do our
0: jersey number. We can we can get to the um the the flavored corn syrups later. And, uh, we'll the f- do that.
1: <laughs> Be par- partially hydrogenated <laughs> <laughs> the corn syrups. Oh, uh, Luke's it's gonna kill me. <laughs> but, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah. Uh so what what episode is this? 20?
0: This is 20. Uh look at, we've hit,
1: look at us. We've the done 20, 20 episodes. 20 the episodes. Big two zero. Yeah, the big 20 and I'm going to give uh oh, there's so many people that that we could give this to. We could give it to Luke Robotai, Lucky mm-hmm. Luke, uh who played for a bunch of teams, the Kings are the one that I would associate him with. Um, But he also played for your New York Rangers at one point. Uh, He played for, geez, uh, I mean, this guy got traded uh, a bunch of times. But uh, the thing to know about him is just how prolific of a scorer he was. Um, So he had 557 goals in his NHL career. uh, And a lot of those were done off of assists from our friend, Brent Gretzky's brother, who we we've also t- uh, yeah. devoted an entire episode to, but this guy was after Gretzky left the the Oilers. This guy was one of Gretzky's, uh, by which I mean Wayne, not Brent. Uh, right. Yeah. One, one of gotta his be uh, specific. Mo- you got to narrow yeah, that down. We please. have to be specific. <laughs> one of his most prolific, um, uh, you know, finishers of his passes, most likely from behind the net. Um, he had 52 goals uh, on the Kings uh, in 1990, uh, and he had 63 goals for them in 1993, which was the year that the Kings went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to our Team of the Week, the Montreal Canadiens. He was, so is he uh,
0: one of the guys who Gretzky brought with him through the trades?
1: No, he wasn't. So he started out on the Kings. He uh, So the Kings did not like ship him to the Oilers as part of the Gretzky deal. Maybe they wished that uh, the, the Oilers would have wished that they did um, because instead they, they kind of maintained, they kept him, maintained him on the team. And it was, Gretzky was like, oh, cool. This guy can finish my passes. All right. I mean, you're, you, are you, are you good scoring 50 goals a year? You're good with that? Okay, cool. Uh, bank on that. <laughs> Uh, although I should say, like like I was saying, in 1993, Gretzky missed the majority of the regular season that year and Robitaille still scored 63, point, uh, 63 goals that year and had 125 points. So it was not a case merely of him being carried by Gretzky. Uh, he was capable, you know, he, he pulled his, his weight um, and, and did his own share. Uh, and he did reunite with Gretzky on the 97 Rangers in which he scored 24 goals uh, a little bit later in his career. Um, but yeah, he played from 87 to 06. So he's one of these guys, uh, sort of the, the generation of players that Gretzky was part of, but didn't last long enough to be really um, uh, to, to show up in. Uh, of guys that played well and were stars on one side of the event. But then still came back on the other side of the event and still played in the NHL. Uh, And he only played, Robotai only played one season on the other side, but still could say that he did, uh, not unlike a few others um, uh, of note. But uh, I think number 19, Joe Sackig, also episode 19 uh, namesake, uh, did that as well. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Luke Robitaille as our number 20. Uh, we could have also gone with Dino Cicerelli, who uh, I had told you the story about uh, Claude Lemieux Uh, cross-checking Chris Draper from behind and breaking his face. And then after the game, Cicerelli who didn't know basically how bad or how ugly the hit was on Draper. He, they, after each series, they line up and shake hands, uh, you know, very sportsmanlike gesture. But then when he real, uh, when he realized he had shook hands with everyone on the avalanche, including Claude Lemieux, after they lost that series, he said, I can't believe I just shook that guy's frigging hand. That, pisses me right off he yeah. said so to me that's what i always associate him with but he could have been a number 20 ed eddie the eagle Belfour, uh, goalie a goalie could have good been name. Oh, oh and he you should see his helmet he had eagles on the side of his helmet uh, uh <laughs> he he was a little bit crazy which maybe you want out of a goalie but he uh won won the cup with the 99 dallas stars uh, as their goalie could have gone with him Raiders see goalies were number 20. So, you mm. know, uh, we, we had some options for episode 20, but Luke Robitaille is our official number 20 edition of the goons pod, even though he wasn't really a goon. I don't know whether we should give <laughs> preferable treatment. Uh, he cracked 100 penalty minutes in 1993. That was his highest penalty minute season. If you got triple digit penalty minutes in a season, you kind of qualify as an honorary. All right. Goon. Well, we but can't yeah, make this a rule. What, what, what do you think? Do you well, think we should lean goons? If uh, here's what I think.
0: I think that if we get to episode 99 and we say, "Well, we have to prioritize the goon," and we don't,
1: <laughs> like, well, technically, no one else can wear 99. I mean, I don't know if someone wore it before. before. Well, we got to find the gooniest
0: dude before.
1: Like, I'm not saying it's, it can only go to goons. Only I'm just goons. Saying yeah. it can be a tiebreaker. So, yeah. obviously, we'll give Brent Gretzky's brother the nod. For 99 I think
0: that the Goonie Like in the event of a tie Of, of yes. two similar figures of esteem right. The tie goes to the Goonier individual Tie goes to the Goonier Yes Goonier yes. to be decided perhaps by Most penalty seasons in a given season Or rather Yeah most career
1: was, penalty minutes Like we can yeah. break it however we want We can
0: crack it down however we need Yeah, yeah. Um, But the Goonier individual shall prevail I believe is, is, is now formal That is our motto It's uh, the Goonier people shall prevail Yes Exactly. That's how it goes. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, now, I um, would
1: imagine Dino Cicerelli had more penalty minutes in his career than Luke Robitaille. Uh, so he had 1425 and Robotai had 1177, oof. but Robitaille scored more goals. I was actually wrong. So I said he had 557 goals. I'll issue an insta correction on myself. That was only with the Kings. He had 668 total uh in his entire career which is 60 more than dino cicerelli did so i think it's outside the the range of uh of tie where we need to invoke the goon clause and, and and we can still safely give it to lucky luke robitaille
0: yes and that has been an official couple
1: of goons correction
0: all right. Great. I, um, I
1: love this. And I think that um, <laughs> you're going to have to be on the soundboard, uh, you know, Johnny on the spot, soundboard duty all episode long.
0: Exactly. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, I guess. I mean, let's talk about the, uh, the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> so oh, you
1: mean the uh, the the fact that the Florida Panthers just can't quite get over the hump? against yeah. the tampa bay lightning it was really disappointing to see that i had a lot of hopes for florida mm. this year it was a kind of they ran into a buzzsaw though i think tampa did, looks yeah. looks really good they really do yeah
0: Absolutely Oh, did you fearsome. want to
1: talk about the the, the Islanders, hydrogenated
0: yeah. yeah oh well we can get to that maple eventually. <laughs> <syrup> team <laughs> we can get there eventually i'm sure um but yeah, well, let's let's just go in. Let's, let's
1: go, go in. Go in on the Leafs, man.
0: That was um ridiculous because I watched like each of those games. Like I made sure appointment viewing, watch those games because it was oh, like what
1: was appointment viewing?
0: Yes, like you just had to see it, and it was like as bad as it could be. <laughs> like, and I think that like at the end of like when they, when they when they had tied it up, right? That's when I think like you just saw the like the fear get to to
1: toronto in a way like oh yeah um yeah when they way. lost game six i mean all of the toronto fans knew what was yeah. going to happen they mm. knew uh you know from what i saw on twitter what i saw people saying on on uh tv they were just like <laughs> this is obviously this team is going to collapse yes and i was like oh you know they still are in decent shape they still could win you know they're at home they, they're the better team on paper, but you knew, especially in that overtime yeah, uh, of game six, well, you can back it up to game five, and the fact that they uh, they lost after mounting truly an incredible comeback. I mean, uh, they yeah. were down 3 nothing, you know, with more than halfway into this game, and they marched back, scored three straight, tied it. I was like, ah, you know, like, this is some fight that this team yeah. has perhaps not shown in the past. And immediately with, with under, like it took less than a minute into the first <laughs> overtime yep. for them to, uh for, for Montreal to score. So that was game five. Then in game six, they again come back from down to, Two nothing in the third. By the way, uh, with less than ten minutes yeah, left in the not third, a lot of time
0: left. Like
1: no, they come back and they pepper Carey Price with shots in overtime. I don't know what the actual margin was. I don't have it in front of me, but they outshot uh, Montreal significantly in overtime of that period and. Uh, or of that game and then Montreal on one of their few shots scores end of game they've now lost game five in overtime they've lost game six in overtime and now it has gone to the dreaded game seven and in game seven they just did nothing I think it it was it's fair to say
0: it was because I feel like it was like uncontested and then like there was a little bit of energy at the end and then like Was that the one where there was an empty net?
1: Yeah, so so Montreal scored an empty net goal with like three minutes left to make it 3-0, at which point Toronto scored a completely meaningless meaningless. uh, goal with like under two minutes left, and that was the last that you'll hear of uh, of Toronto uh, in the season. But if you look at just, you know, it was a must-win game that they got down to, uh, and they just didn't really show up, I think is, uh, is the best way to put it. Um, in that game, Austin Matthews had three shots. Mitch Marner had two shots. Uh, Matthews did get an assist on the meaningless goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so good on him. Uh, but it was kind of a microcosm of the way that the whole series played out in the sense that, They, the big concern about this team all through the like going into the playoffs was going to be would they have the goaltending with Freddie Anderson injured? Jack Campbell was they were going to have to rely on, not sure whether he was up to it. He had a 934 save percentage in that series, which is really good uh that that's well above the league average um uh, and and certainly if you had said jack campbell is going to give you a 934 save percentage in this series you would take it uh you know every day of the week and yet uh, despite that you had austin matthews and mitch marner after combining for i want to say 133 points together in a uh 60 Uh, 56-game regular season, uh, and they didn't even play all those games together. I think they only played 52 games together. So they they had 133 points in 52 games together. And in the playoffs, they combined for nine points in seven games. Uh, And uh, (laughs) they only combined for one goal. That's the other thing. Austin Matthews, who we had talked about as you know, maybe not even getting enough credit for because McDavid had the 156 that he scored 41 goals in the shortened season, which nobody thought anybody would get to 40. He had one goal in this series in seven games, one goal. And Mitch Marner, who had been the uh, second leading scorer on the team, and had 20 goals during the, the season, had zero goals in, in this series. Um, and yeah, I think that that, you know, when Jason Spetza, who is 37 on one of his last tours of duty in the NHL, uh, delivers more points in this uh, series, or at least he had the same number of points as Austin Matthews and he had one more point than Marner during this series um And William Nylander is your leading scorer with eight points in seven games, one of which was because of that meaningless goal in the final minutes when they were down three nothing, and yeah. the series was over. The, when that,
0: the, like that tells the moment that they got that know. third, like the third when Montreal got the third goal, Twitter was like the red wedding. It was like
1: it was really, <laughs> it, it felt like the red wedding. It really did yeah. feel like the red wedding because when they were only up two nothing, I think there were still visions of those previous two comebacks from the previous two games that like, Oh, well maybe they'll, it was actually a little bit like you remember in groundhog day where they drive the car off the cliff and Chris Elliott is like, they might still be okay. And then it explodes (laughs) in the fireball and they're like, yeah, they're not okay. That was like what that empty net goal was. Um, And it came from quite a distance too. It was an impressive empty netter, you know, down the, down the ice um, and so, yeah, at that point it was like, yeah, the Leafs are this, the best Leafs team, uh, in a long time. In fact, let me look up just for my, just cause we're in full yeah. pylon mode right Why now not? with cause with, with a lot of cause. So I, according yeah, I mean, to the,
0: they televised it. That's not on me, you know. Like no. they were the ones who who made the arrangement to put it on CNBC. I tuned into CNBC, and and I just and usually,
1: needed a- yeah. Usually I'm there to see Jim Cramer talk exactly. about
0: stocks. If I'm watching a meltdown, it's usually Dogecoin, a- and I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. <laughs> <I don't- laughs>
1: this time it was Leaf Coin. This which time it's is LeafCoin. even more worthless. <laughs> oh, no. Um. Uh. To, it's, it's not a non-fungible token. It's a non-functional team. <laughs> anyway... Uh,
0: Put that is, on cereal boxes. What the
1: right. hell? <laughs> right. So this was their their best team since 1968, which was the year after the last time that they won the Cup, according to the Simple Rating System, which is a uh, uh, schedule-adjusted strength of schedule measure at... Uh, our st- strength of... Uh, basically goals per game margin um rating at hockeyreference.com the esteemed hockeyreference.com uh so this was their best team on paper since 1968 which was year 1 of the drought uh, and and really everything was lined up for them to make a deep run. I forget what we had the odds for them winning the cup going into the playoffs, but I mean they were heavy favorites to beat Montreal, who was the worst of the teams uh to make the playoffs, I believe. They were they even had a lower rating than the St. Louis Blues, um, who Colorado handled easily in the first round. Um, that the the Canadians had come into the playoffs with just a terrible end to the regular season they somehow gave the Canucks and Flames uh, at one point a vision that they might be able to make the playoffs over them in the last like two to three weeks of the regular season because uh, despite the fact that Vancouver didn't even have a team because of COVID at that point that's how bad things had gotten for Montreal at the end of the season uh, regular season so Toronto had everything laid out in front of them. And then when Winnipeg upsets Edmonton in that uh, other series, you think everything, all of the dominoes are kind of falling in front of Toronto to give them a chance to at least win, at least win one series, probably win two series. And then at that point, you've sort of like, this is
0: the first time ever that a Canadian team has been guaranteed to make the semifinals. Right. Yes,
1: a Canadian team yes. is a hundred percent guaranteed
0: ticket to the prom ready to go like right somebody Toronto was by far
1: the best on paper, which right. means nothing. Uh, <laughs> team uh, bold of the from Canadian you. teams <laughs> as a person who that predominantly works with paper like that is bold for me to say <laughs> since I generally consider games to be played on paper uh, or on computers <laughs> and not on ice. Uh, <laughs> but they were easily the best team in the regular season out of this group, of which one team is guaranteed to come within a series of and there's, only, the seven of there were only,
0: there's seven only seven of them. There were only seven of them. Everything yeah. was lined up.
1: Damn. They had it all, and they and they had a three-one <laughs> they had a three-one lead on the yeah. worst team in the playoff field. Like, I don't know, there's just there's there's not enough, uh, you know, adjectives out there to describe how um, how much of a collapse this was by a team that is known for collapses. That's the other thing is even by their standards, the fact that this stood out really says something.
0: May I may I share some information from my side of the world a little bit? That actually accelerates the pain involved. Yes. Um, So there's this company um, called Amazon (laughs) that controls a... Little mom and pop operation. Little mom and pop shingle um, that controls a a, a nice little niche streaming service uh, called Amazon Prime Video. And... I learned over the course of this, because I was looking into this, that they, uh, uh, to a lot of pride, announced in January of 2021, of this year, that they will team up with NHL Original Productions to produce All or Nothing, the Toronto Maple Leafs, a multi-episode docuseries that will offer an inside view of the iconic Toronto Maple Leafs, including the, uh, on the ice action, an unparalleled behind-the-scenes access to the 2020-2021 NHL season. Oh my God! It will be available on 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 Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories, and um, yeah. So there were cameras there the whole time, and we're going to see what was registered by those cameras in a short amount of time. Now, I would just say, so they should
1: they should rename it instead of calling it <laughs> all or nothing. Call it nothing. <laughs> The all-or-nothing is a misnomer.
0: I think again, like I'm just I'm remembering the iconic film Grizzly Man with Werner Herzog, and he's listening to it, and he's watching the footage, and he's just like, "I think you should destroy this tape. I do not <laughs> think you should listen to it." Like it's that's going, that's exactly it's so what
1: bad. what Jeff Bezos is saying as he's like watching the <laughs> rough cut. Of the Leafs documentary. Oh, my God. We we made a mistake here. Yeah. And what about, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, they say they're an iconic franchise, which is true, um, like, uh, particularly, like, in a certain sense, yes. Um, But, like, what about their not just recent history, their intermediate history, whatever you want to call it? What about any of it suggested that this year would be any different than any other year? Uh I, yeah. I don't know.
0: I think that they must have understood when they were uh putting <clears throat> director-led camera crews and a host of remotely operated fixed-rate cameras and ambient microphones to capture the raw and authentic highs and lows of the season as never seen before. I think that they planned on this. I think they knew what They're the exact the the coming up like they knew the lows were coming um, they knew the lows were coming just so you know this is only the second thing that amazon has ever done um it with with canadian amazon originals after the kids in the hall so like this is going to go on the mount rushmore of, like,
1: well they're both
0: comedies oh, damn. So. <laughs> amazing um, anyway
1: i don't know i mean i don't feel bad like i feel i feel bad for their fans just because like they knew more than anyone that this was going to happen. And, you know, it, it is, it is what it is like at this point. I mean, I can only think of the attitude. (laughs) Well, you wanted to talk about curses, but first uh, go, go with what you were saying.
0: I was just gonna say like the attitude among Toronto fans was similar to the attitude among people who had read the Game of Thrones book as they watched the Red Wedding. Like, they knew what the script was going to do. It didn't make it easier to see, but they knew exactly what was about to go down.
1: It's it's not a surprise. Um, No, but I was going to say in terms of curses. Yes. Because you did want to talk about sports curses. I do. That um, in terms of parallels, I guess this is, similar to like teams like the Red Sox or the Cubs or whatever, when, when they kept losing. Um, but like those teams had iconic moments where like you could, you could point to, you know, like the ball going through Bill Buckner's legs. Yes. Uh, and the fan like, reaching out and grabbing the ball. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. The Bartman incident. Yes. Bartman. Where it's That's sort of like thing. you can find scapegoats and you can find moments where like you know, without this happening. And to, to a certain extent, that's been overblown in the sense that after the Buckner incident, they still could have, uh, they still could have won game seven. After <laughs> the Bartman incident, they still could have won. In fact, that that wasn't even the most damaging play right. uh, in, in that particular game. Alex Gonzalez should be thanking Bill, uh, should be <laughs> thanking uh, Steve Bartman, Uh, for forever for drawing the attention away from his soul-crushing error that he committed later, uh, and instead uh, putting it all on that one, you know, fan interference-type play. Um, But, yeah, in this particular case with the Leafs, there there isn't even, like, a particular I don't know, like, goat moment that you could point to, um, which, I don't know if that makes it more or less cursed, yeah, I think um, the the cursed like the curse is distributed across numerous individuals, and maybe that's how it should be.
0: Yeah, it's it's not like oh here's the thing that happened. It's like Strad von Zarovich has found this land desolate and broken. Like yeah, no, it's a it, there's no overcoming it. It's it, it's in the soil. Um,
1: yeah, and that that is the prevailing feeling. Uh, I think, in in Leafs Nation going forward. It's just like, what do you do? Like, what where do you go from a place like this? Because you have built a team that is predicated on Matthews and Marner. And yes, John Tavares was injured in that super ugly, you know, uh, nasty head injury that happened in game one. Um, that if he had been there, he possibly could have set up some of the Toronto stars to do more, uh, and and could have made the difference. I mean, it was a razor thin margin in that series, and he he could have been the difference between them losing and winning if he had been healthy. But like they, I cannot stress enough how even without John Tavares. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the players on that team and the talent that they had and the season that they had should have been able to beat the Montreal Canadiens from a 3-1 lead.
0: It's a little worse, too, because it is a like fourth-seeded Canadiens team, right? Like That's a fairly notorious rivalry, yes? Yeah,
1: it's a big rivalry and uh, that definitely makes it, I think, more painful uh, for Toronto fans is that, yes, it was the, the winningest franchise in terms of Stanley Cup's one in history that, you know... limped into the playoffs you have the opportunity you have them on the ropes and and this is supposed to be sort of your year to yes you're not going to close you're not going to completely close the gap in stanley cups against the fabled montreal canadiens in one season that's impossible but you could like start to chip away at it this is a good chance best chance you've had since 1968 maybe start making a little progress on that on that uh, differential in <laughs> Stanley Cups that they happen
0: to have on you. Uh, chip no. away at it just a little bit. <laughs> but Yeah.
1: No, didn't happen. Can't happen.
0: Anyway, so they are now playing my team because, again, like, you know, always been a big Jets guy. You know, there were some uh, rumors yeah. that I was a fan of the Oilers going into the playoffs. Pff,
1: no, no, I, I don't think that that's true. That, that does not check it's out. Not
0: real. Uh, and so... They're up against my, my beloved Jets, and um, we'll see uh, how it goes. Again, it is currently they uh, on a break right now, um, but it's but going yeah. It's
1: th- well, it's three one. So after Did that goal, that... channel.
0: Damn it! God damn it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after that goal that the Jets got back to yeah. make it two one, Montreal scored again. Uh, oh, Montreal, God. Montreal, man, yeah, uh, good town this is like good the town. team that good town, solid town. Great um, especially if you speak French, um. But also, like this this team, I don't think that they'll beat the Jets, even if they win this uh opening sure. game. Like they're underdogs, but at the same time, uh, they are just. I mean, this is some true Team of the Week material for next week. <laughs> they could be the first. Have we had a back-to-back Team of the Week in in multiple? I feel like you know, one like time you said Colorado weeks?
0: twice, right? Maybe. I mean,
1: Colorado probably has been team of the week more total times. Maybe they yeah. were that two straight weeks, but I don't know. The, though. I don't they think were, so. Yeah, like Montreal, if if they keep getting on a roll and uh, you know pull off another upset again, unlikely, but sure. I think we we've seen are the jets cursed i don't think so but at the same time th- that's not a franchise that has a uh, illustrious history of postseason success uh sure. so you know that it it should be mentioned at least that um you know this is a big disparity in long-term pedigree between these franchises
0: this might be just actually a more general question backing out how many teams usually make the playoffs 16 okay so it's always 16
1: uh yeah well last year i don't I mean, remember last year was whether last they year. counted yeah well last year a lot of things happened i don't remember whether they counted the qualifying as uh the playoffs if so then 24 teams made it but yeah in a normal <laughs> year 16 you know, okay cool 16 make it
0: just making sure that i'm still getting some sort of uh, out
1: of 31
0: which is pretty good i'll take those odds um, want to briefly dance our way across several other uh divisions having moved along from, from this uh just devastation at home, too, which has actually got to make it even worse.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, uh, I, th- I think we piled on the the leafs enough, they know what they did wrong. They <laughs> don't need they us, they don't need a couple of goons to lay it out for them, uh, all lay it all out on the line. Yeah, but um. <sighs> Yeah, geez, that one is gonna. We, we can talk about their off season when when the time comes for it. But man, Naturally. they. I think they they are among the teams with the least cap space to spend. Uh, just as like a cherry on top of everything, in there. Um. So yeah, it's it's rough for them. But yeah, let's talk about the other series that that yeah. are playing out uh, so- as we speak, like Colorado. Yeah, again continuing my fixation on the <laughs> avalanche um but they beat the golden knights 7-1 in yeah. game one now that comes with an asterisk because uh they were giving mark andre Fleury a uh arrest a night off um if okay. you will and left him in net to absorb all seven of the uh, they, <laughs> they they kept him out and put in robin laner uh, as the backup, and left him in net to absorb all seven of those goals. Um, and Robin Laner was supposed to be—I mean, there was talk of him being their starter over Flurry before Flurry rattled off this Vesna candidate, Vesna favorite, whatever you want to call it, season that he had. So he's—he's um, he's not supposed to be the type of goalie that would give up seven goals.
0: So, but I mean, know, like, what, give... what kind of performance do you expect <laughs> out of an emergency backup goalie in a week when the Leafs lose? Like.
1: Well, yes, exactly. Uh, He he is equivalent to David Ayers in terms of uh, talent.
0: Do you know who David Ayers is? I'm familiar with that story because that was the most charming thing that ever happened on the earth.
1: Yeah, that was a great story. And that was like last great sports story pre-COVID, I think. Um, But uh, yeah, Robin Lehner, just slightly better at goaltending in theory than David Ayers. But... (laughs) At the same time, uh, yeah, he, he kind of uh, let in uh, quite a few goals in that first game. So we'll see how that plays out. But that did shift the odds quite a bit because Colorado has like a commanding 34% chance of winning the cup, wow. uh, according to the model, uh, because they got a big ELO boost. ELO maybe a flaw in the model. It does hmm. not know that, that Robin Laner yeah. was in net. But I think still that Robin Lehner would have like a pretty decent, um, you know, like goalie elo rating if we kept that, just based on his track record uh, in the past. You know, uh, he's been a productive, good goalie. He's been a Vezina finalist before with the Islanders uh, a few years ago. Um, So he's not like some Zamboni driver. That they that they pulled off the <laughs> off the street. No offense to David Aries. This Ares. was
0: this was always gonna be like the division, right? To watch. Like these two teams have been at the top of, of your ELO ratings for I want to say months at this point, because I think it's been months.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that uh with the exception of Tampa Bay kind of sliding in and out, you know, um at, at times, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights, I think, have consistently been like one, two or you know, the, uh, one of them will be one, Tampa will be two, and the other one will be three in the ratings um, All most of the season, I would say. So yeah, this is sort of like a de facto Stanley Cup final matchup, and that's what made it so jarring to see the 7-1 uh, opening game. And again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Vegas bounced back uh, in game two tonight and won you know, yeah. and evened up the series and took back home ice advantage even. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. And certainly our listeners, some of them will know the outcome of that game by the time that uh, they hear this. Um, if they're uh,
0: slow, you got to you gotta listen to a couple of guns immediately. You got to
1: listen as soon as it comes out while it's fresh, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, just to see that in the opening game really was like, oh, maybe this isn't the Stanley Cup uh, bit of a uh, statement. preview. It's a very big say. It's a bold, loud statement that Colorado sent out. But I think Colorado has been sort of sending out statements left and right, um, you know, th- for for most of the season. But certainly, you know, they when they swept St. Louis, that was um, they they've won five straight playoff games. I don't know what else to say yeah, uh, about them.
0: It's a little bit of a run. And then, like I am pulling for Vegas in this because I decided that whoever won the Vegas Minnesota matchup, I would pull for them. <laughs> Uh, so yes. they will play in tournament for Walt's love. And uh, now we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> but yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Minnesota carried over your allegiance from the uh, women's. Uh, that is correct. Tournament. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's fun. And we, we are going to have our, our live episode. uh yes. In front of an audience of multiple Fudgies the Whale, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're going to award very soon. Emily.
1: Very uh, Emily Shearer, winner of the Fudgy the Whale um trophy, yes, I guess that's what we'd call it, uh, for most accurate women's hockey picking uh, of the year 2021. Uh, so, so keep an ear out for that episode when it drops. We'll, we'll have that. We have not we'll forgotten have very soon the terms of that bet. You and I are going havesies on that Fudgy, right? We're going Hazzy on the Fudgy,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: I was on the hook. But both of our teams lost. Both of our
0: teams did lose. uh, And so that's just the name of the game. That's how it works. (laughs) Um, uh, And then New York and Boston is definitely the matchup that you had hyped it up to be um, as being a real good one so far.
1: Yeah, the Islanders. Uh, I think I was remiss in like not talking them up enough after they beat Pittsburgh, but um, they've looked really good and, and they've kept pace with the Bruins in this um, in the first two games of the series. Uh, the model still thinks the Bruins are favorites, gives them a fifty three percent chance of moving on, uh, and the Islanders needed overtime to kind of take Game Two and, and keep the series evened up, but. They did steal back home ice, uh, for whatever that's worth in in this of all years, and uh, or in any year. And so, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to to see how it plays out because um, the Islanders are a team that I think doesn't really get they don't get as much credit as maybe they deserve. Um, and I, I think that they're a tough team. They're they're showing uh, the Bruins just how tough of an out they're gonna be.
0: Yeah, and again, both of them beat very, very good teams, and so yeah. Uh, my rooting interest in this in this series, neither. I don't like either of them very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, um, I would
1: imagine as a uh, as a Ranger fan, you're not uh, fond of the crosstown rivals or just the team from city that continues to win championships.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I, th- I think that one of them is the L I R R rival and then one of them is the uh, Amtrak rival. And so I think that it's just like a Penn Station rivalry situation. Um
1: which is true, which is fair to to you know, it's natural to have that happen because so many fights break out in Penn Station. Oh constantly. And that's just that's just at the Sabaro on the one train platform.
0: Yeah. No, so- it's rough. It's rough out there, man. I don't even know what to tell you. But,
1: uh, <laughs> i'm not making a joke by the way well i don't know if it shut down but uh there at least at one point in time there was a very depressing sabaro that literally was on the subway platform <laughs> <laughs> like you could look into it i w- when i was waiting for the one train uh to come you could peer into the window and see people
0: yeah no i know the sitting
1: one- there eating the world's most depressing pizza at the world's most depressing uh train station
0: i'm going to stop you right there cuz it is not the world's most depressing pizza the world's most depressing pizza is located in the port authority bus terminal south there is a f- there is a kind of chain pizzeria that is not even a sabaro and there the, the reason it's it's, not, it, it's I, I i could not identify this from a lineup of generic chain pizza it makes cc's look like friggin like like like
1: oh my god no like like the
0: best ba- yeah no it no um but the reason that this is the most depressing is because number one it's in a bus terminal not a subway terminal and number two is that they have internet portals in there and in the year of our lord 2018 the only people who use internet uh portals in pizza restaurants in 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 pen in, in um in the Port bus 30. terminal is bus um terminals. is people who are definitely going to check out some pornography on them, and so oh, as yeah. a result, it is a scene. It is a thing that should not exist anymore. And uh, and I, you know what? Let's record an episode. This <laughs> um, uh, live
1: show two
0: port authority bus terminal
1: um, port authority bus terminal. Uh, there probably are goons there.
0: Oh, definitely. So, that's it's where the goons go. Um, I don't want to leave them because we, I know that we're running short on time. But like, it is a really good uh matchup right now between the carolina hurricanes and the tampa bay lightning and um well you well, know i'm
1: disappointed that the canes have not uh they've lost a pair of two one games so they they've have, been yeah. competitive uh but they were unable to take either of the first two games at home in uh in that series and so now their odds of of moving on in this much ballyhooed, uh, you know, we've been looking at this and thinking about the potential for this to be such a battle. Carolina only has a twelve percent chance now after losing the first two games at home in that series. And so I'm a little worried that the Canes are not gonna um, are not gonna put up much resistance against the the Lightning, and that would be sad because I feel like they're too good uh of a team to just kind of roll over so we'll see we'll see if they can continue fighting in that but i was hoping they would be able to at least split the one of the first two games and and kind of keep it competitive
0: yeah it's again it's been like very close but also like again we talked a lot about this in round one but it just makes a lot of intuitive sense that like it's very it's much harder for carolina to win four in a row uh or just drop one game over the next five games than it is for Tampa to win two at any point in the next five, which just kind of yeah, makes it just exactly. structurally harder from this kind of deficit to come back, which and I think was also,
1: I mean, Tampa is probably the more talented team, uh, which is, which made it even more important. You know, Carolina, I think was surprised everyone by winning the division over Tampa. So in that sense, you could call these upsets, these first two games. But I think, Everyone knew that Tampa, you know, was the better team on paper uh, and was a dangerous kind of sleeping giant type of team, uh, especially with Kucherov not playing during the regular season, as yeah. we detailed in previous um, uh, episodes, uh, and Stamkos being hurt. And, they had, you know, they had a lot of injuries that they were working through. So, you know, Carolina, this they their great chance was win the division. Okay, check that one off. Have home ice in a potential head-to-head against Tampa to, you know, move on from the division into the semifinals, check that box. But then it's like, yeah, well, once you do that, you got to win these games and be able to kind of put Tampa um, back on their heels. And that didn't happen. And they had their chances. And again, they played them, them close, but like, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll pull out something going forward. But at the same time, it's sort of, you know, they, they've already kind of whiffed on uh, one of their best uh, or their two best chances to start things off on uh, really make a statement in yeah. the series.
0: It, it definitely. And so they have three games between now and the next time they talk. So uh, yeah,
1: it should be yeah, fun. It could be over by then.
0: Yeah. And we, again, I'm looking at the uh, the rest of the kind of matchups and all that. It looks like most of them will be unsettled. Definitely. The, the, the northerly one seems like it'll be, Unsettled, but either way. And, um, and, well, I should
1: mention our pre, uh, pre-series pre odds, which are already out of date, where we had Winnipeg 65% to uh, beat the Canadians in, in that series. And now, I mean, if the score holds, that's definitely going to change yeah. uh, quickly in after game one. Um, so, yeah, watch out for those Habs, man.
0: Yeah. They're catching um,
1: everyone by surprise.
0: It's exciting, and I think that at literally any combination of these eight teams making it to the final, the semifinals, would be extremely exciting. This is great. I really enjoy playoff hockey. I'd like I've enjoyed hockey, but I really enjoy playoff hockey now.
1: Yeah, and 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 the weird thing about this particular year is we also don't know at all what the matchups will be because right. they're not in a bracket. They're going to actually reseed uh, based on regular season points. Uh, versus, you know, in terms of the four that make it out of this round. So, like, it's not going to follow a set path. Yeah, none of them have played. In fact, the next round will be the first time all season long that any of these teams have faced each other or faced anyone who are not among the seven or eight teams that they've faced exclusively for, like, 65 straight games or, you know, whatever it ends up being. Do you think Um, that one of them is just,
0: like, a 4-0 massacre
1: once we get to the semis
0: yeah um
1: i mean well i would have said like you know whoever's playing montreal like say uh i think colorado won the president's trophy so they would be the number one seed uh overall if they end up advancing over the knights and so say montreal wins they would be the last seed and so that one would seem to be a ripe candidate for a, uh, a massacre. But at the same time, uh, you never want to write it off, uh, especially after we wrote off, oh, Montreal is not even going to beat uh, Toronto. Well Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, anything can happen at this point. And that's a great thing about hockey compared with other sports is I do feel like it is the biggest anything can happen sport um in the playoffs compared with with other leagues
0: well i will be watching This will be a lot of fun um and then yeah we got some fun stuff coming up for you listeners on a couple of goons uh and it'll be a good time and the we do like again at some point we do have to talk about the event and at some point we do have to discuss gretzky the early years
1: Yes, our Gretzky and anth- our 99 part Gretzky anthology will mix in a 66 part anthology about Muriel and Mew, of course. a 68 part anthology about uh, Yarmir Yager and an 87 part anthology <laughs> about Sidney Cross. So um, that's a lot of episodes. It's a
0: lot of episodes. And again, yeah, now we got to get picked up. Um, but um, <laughs> And then again, just coming soon to Amazon Prime, all or nothing. The oh, Toronto can't wait. Can't yeah um, wait can't wait uh where can folks find you mr Payne?
1: they know where they can find me we put all those links in the description right we you do know, i'm on twitter i'm uh yeah they can
0: find me yes and of course the github My
1: github i think is the most important which you can find at <laughs> www.github.com slash 538com <laughs> uh which all of that is spelled out and, and spell for out. the record If you are curious as to whether this is a bit or not, it's It's not not. a bit. Nope. I typed it in and (laughs) tried it out and it redirected me to my GitHub. And I was very delighted by that fact uh, (laughs) last week.
0: Yes, it is. Um, is great. So again, just, we, we have a new web presence. It's great. Uh, and then I am Walter. You can find me by just yelling Walter out in the middle of Queens. And then I will crawl out of a bar that I'm in and, uh, yeah, I'll come hang out. And, um, I think, by the way, making it to the end of the first round of the NHL playoffs, I think that at a certain point something must happen. Uh, and yes. I think, I think I leveled You've up. Leveled
1: up. I think I leveled yes, up. You have leveled up as a hockey guy. I wish we were keeping track of what level you're at because I, uh, you might be able to cast extra spells. At
0: this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my character sheet, and it just looks like Eldris Blast now it will actually potentially get me to win the fight. So yeah, either <laughs> or you could take a feat oh, I could take a feat maybe at this level. Yeah, yeah we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Right, maybe, I, I, would it be
1: some sort of like uh tavern brawler I feel like would be good for a goon?
0: But yeah. I, uh,
1: yeah, I'm not sure.
0: I was going to say like, I always want the crossbow one, but I never get the crossbow one. I feel like that would be particularly bad in this one. So I think tavern brawler is the way to go. So I'm taking a tavern brawler <laughs> feet. <laughs> okay. I think at this point, watching as motaki as I have and as many bars as I have, I can take a tavern brawler feet.
1: Yeah, you are kind of... The prototypical tavern brawler at this point.
0: Damn straight, it's a brand. Bye.